Hello, everyone. I'm Joseph Roberson, a.k.a. Professor Joe of both King Talk Podcast and the Professor Joe Show. And you are currently listening to me on King Talk, our unapologetic and transparent discussion on any and all issues related to youth sports. If there's something you'd like to hear discussed, feel free to drop us a line, shoot us a DM, and let us know on IG at King Talk Podcast. That's King Talk Podcast, one word on IG. You can also find us on Facebook at King Talk Podcast and on iHeartRadio as well as Spotify. Today, I am, no, it's not just an honor. It is my esteemed privilege and honor to have doctoral candidate, Mr. Charles Johnson. And we got to applaud for ourselves. I'm sorry. <laughs> so that's the leading in joke is we don't have a budget for the technology to clap for us or a studio audience. Mr. Johnson, I appreciate you making some time to sit down with us today. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Professor Joe. Now, before we even get into there's so when when you agreed to come speak with us, I got stuck, my brother. I very rarely get stuck, but it's just so many different dynamics to your personality, to the things you've done, that I was almost lost at where to start. Because one is you are a parent of a student athlete. And I think, you know, whenever we can get someone who's actually a parent of a student athlete who's actually playing at the collegiate level, um, at the community college level currently, and has demonstrated the level of talent that will most likely make him a university athlete as well, I think there's valuable information in that. Um, I personally am aware of some of your interest and development of a philosophy related to uh, goal, orientation, motivation. I'm actually saying the name of it from ego to task, right? Okay. So I'd like to talk about that. But I almost feel it necessary to start with the fact that this is a really a second career for you. You, man, that matter of fact, it might be a third. It's kind of it a might third. be a third. Kind of a third. Because yeah. in addition to being a very successful business owner, you also have had, is it accurate, a 27-year career in the military? 26 and change. 26 and some change. Yes. Can we round up? Can we yeah. just, okay, okay, <laughs> here we go. Hey, because every day in the military <laughs> might be two days. You know how they got dog years? Hey, you do. Military do years might yes, be sir. some other stuff. So um, is it okay to ask you, what was that experience like for you? And I know that that might be difficult to surmise. but like It, it, it is very difficult to, survive, to surmise, especially at, at my age. Yeah, uh, it's like the further you get away from it, right. you only remember uh, events. Okay, it, it's right. it's hard to really gather the day to day of what happened, right. of, of of all of the uh, uh, missions you've been on and all the things you accomplished in the military. It's, it, what what I'll what I'll sum it up like this: I don't have any hero worship about the military. Okay. I'm just a retired military member, and it was service. Right, right. Every year I get away from it. I see it as a service, not as uh, my badge of honor. I, okay, I'm not okay. standing to your saying, oh, oh, I'm upset. I'm not upset about anything. Right. But it's not what I stand on. I stand on okay. being the best person I can be. Wow. Hey, can I tell you something? I love that because that's almost one of those, like, I'm not resting on my past laurels. Like, mm-hmm. who I am is a matter of who I am as a human today. Because right. humans have the tendency to do that with anything. Like, um, there are certain things, if people have accomplished it, they're always going to want that to be announced with their name. And that might be from 10, 20 years ago. So if they were an Olympian, that's going to be on all their emails. Um, if they have certain educational degrees, that's how they introduce themselves. Mm-hmm. If they have certain job titles versus 
who are you as an individual? Absolutely. And so I really appreciate you saying that. Uh, is it okay to ask you, like, what motivated you to join the military? Because every now and then I have um, some of my students who, you know, I think a lot of people presume the route from um, high school into the world or even um, community college is, you know, okay, you're going to transition to a university, get your degree, find employment. And some of my students will let me know, like, oh, no, Mr. Robson, I'm not going to a university. I want to go to the military. And I hear this. So this is what made me pose the question. Every now and then students say, you know, I'm joining the military because I need to learn discipline. And I always think to myself, I, I respect their decisions because it's their life. But I always think to myself, like, man, there's a couple few other ways you can learn discipline other than just joining the military. So why did that have to be your option to learn discipline, you know? So I'm just curious to know, like, what made you, what prompted you to go that direction? Uh, family. My, okay. father's in the, my father's in the Army. My two oldest brothers were were both Marines. Okay. The brother above me retired Air Force, and of course okay, I did wow. twenty six plus in the Navy. Uh, from the culture of Virginia that I came from, mm-hmm. it's, it's no, it's it's absolutely for real when they say things like God and country. Yeah. And and they believe in it, and they believe in a military service more than they believe in a college education. When I was younger, right, it was a uh, it was a, like a family duty that you would serve. Because they believe that if you don't put your behind on the line, they don't want to hear what you got to say. It uh-huh. was just the culture I came from. So we came from a culture that you serve in the military and then you come out and do what you got to do. But you need uh-huh. to do the service. That's just the way they, that I came up. Gotcha. And, the, and back to the discipline thing. Um, there is a level of discipline that you can learn in the United States military that I believe is unique. Okay. It's unique from anything else because gotcha. it, it really is... An equal barrier. It's not a. It's not a place where you're going to go and say, "Oh, it's great and wonderful." No, it it, it will challenge you to find out who you are, and yeah. the person that you are will always rise, always rise. And you'll find as you leave the military or go or transition in the military, you will find out who you are, and you'll see yourself, and it will grow you to that person because okay. it is enormous. Yes, it's enormous. It's like nothing else that we can do. So I, I understand it. Hey, you know, so that being said, one of my first coaches in football was a former Marine. Oh, wow. And so there's a lot of the ways that uh, he would interact with us as his athletes, as his student athletes, that I just couldn't relate to and identify yeah. with. And it wasn't until um, now when uh, you can go on YouTube and see the different uh, things that have um, been taped and video- that about the transition. I don't remember what the week is called. But it was like, for lack of a better word, like a welcome week where they were showing the new recruits um, in the mess hall eating. And I just thought it was amazing because I could see that, oh, like there is an in-your-face activity going on that is meant to get at the core of who you are because you're not about to do anything right. If you're right, you're still wrong. That's correct. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's not about what you're doing. It's we're in your face to challenge you, to present you That's right. with this level of adversity that you need to be able to think in the midst of this. That's correct. Because you're going to be presented with some situations that require this. Absolutely. Correct. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Correct. And that when I was younger, I couldn't appreciate why this man was dealing with me on this level. Because part of it was learning how to think within that how to control your emotions within that. Right. And um, so, and I'm not trying to compare my experience to that of people entering the military, but I just realized that like, oh, it's, 
watching it is like, okay, it's understandable. This is a different situation. I, I, and just to piggyback on something, uh, springing it forward a little okay. bit in, in, in our conversation. The military was a was almost a necessary entity when I was younger. Well, my family didn't have the resources of someone like me or yourself right, today. Right. The opportunities uh, and the values and the uh, abilities of our young people uh-huh. are not the same yeah, as, yes. as when I was young. Yes. The military is not the same opportunity okay. for my son as it was for me. Gotcha. The, the need for the interaction or the in-your-face discipline to challenge you to change the cult. It's really not as necessary today gotcha. as it was right. when I was younger. And you're a younger man than me. When I was a younger man, there wasn't the interface of communication, the, mm-hmm. the, the multi, multiple platforms of communication. Yes, well, yes. today, we live in a communication age. Yes. And these young people need information. They don't have to have you screaming it at them. Right. They don't have right. to be right. restructured. Right. They can actually deal with their parents yeah. in different yeah. ways, whereas yeah. I never really interacted with yeah. my parents. Well, today, our young people, they interact with their parents. Yes. They can communicate. They're in a different world. So the military has to change to understand the values of our kids because I believe it has to have a value for them, right. not just for serving the nation is not the same as when I walked in hey, 37 years ago. That is so deep and well articulated, the way you just put that. Because I've never even considered that thought. You don't, a, a person like me doesn't consider that like, yeah, the military needs to maybe adjust some of their ways to the, but that is a reality because young people now, you get in their face in some ways like that, they'll be looking at you, examining and assessing you like, hey, you know you have anger issues. You are, and, and the military yeah. understands what yeah. you're saying. That you're yeah. absolutely correct. Yeah. And they are changing. Yeah, okay. They've changed okay. the leadership structure. They've changed the way we teach. Gotcha. They've changed the way we manage the old school of getting in your face and uh-huh. hollering, screaming, and jumping. That's yeah. not the, the military now. They they in recruit training they have timeout guards. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Time out. Time oh. out. Stress up. Time out. Wow. Stress. It, you know, I heard that before, but that's real. It's huh? real. That is you real. know, you know, when you start dealing with things like suicide. Yeah. Suicide, yes, and, and yes. We, we can get into the realities of taking yes. someone from an environment where they feel safe. You've been with your parents your whole life, and yeah. they feel safe yes. in your environment. And I put you in, a, in an environment where you're totally unsafe, and I, then I di- then I dysregulate you. Yeah. Anything is possible, and I believe the people that put you in that environment is responsible for your safety. Oh, so deep. we we cannot just say, "Oh, that's okay." That is not okay. When you're oh, these these young people are not coming from. The worlds that we came right. from as kids. Real life. They come in from a world where I'm in there dealing with my parents, my environment. I'm feeling safe. I'm feeling secure. I'm th- when I come here, you're training me to do a specific thing. You're really not coming here to take me and take away my internal things to create that fear, that phobia within me that can make me commit self-harm, do things. And it, and it was happening. So we wow. had to change. Wow. That's deep. Okay. That being said... Uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is this, and, and I, it's so cool because this has been on my mind for maybe decades, and Hello. I've never asked anyone, Okay. But, but I just feel like you would be the appropriate person. As a person, I, and also real quick, I want to thank you in our dialogue for always sharing global perspective. I am not, you're like, you are world traveled. So sometimes we have dialogue, and there's just something not 
within the framework of my thought process about an issue from a global perspective. And you'll share something with me enlightening, and I just want to express my appreciation. Now, the question I was going to ask you is, in athletics, we are constantly using war, you know, athletics, and then war is a metaphor for athletics. So, you know, I played football, I was on the D-line, hey, when you in the trenches, and when you know, see your brother, and then, it, uh, you know, we kind of had this band of brothers um, type of mentality. Is that okay? Is that fair? Is that, you know, is that, how does a person in the military, like, hey, don't pretend y'all at, at war in a battle, y'all just playing sports. It's not the same, you know, how, what is your thoughts on that? I reject it. I, I really do. I, okay, okay. okay. I, I, I reject it. I, it's, to be frank about it, I, I see sports as a child's game. Okay, it's okay. something that children do. Gotcha. And if you're a grown man that can do it and make money from it, that's good. Great, okay. But it's a child's game. That's real. I always wonder the when military some, is, is something different. The is, is military is, yeah. is a life game. Yeah. And it's for real. It, it, uh, sports yeah. is a child's game. It is entertainment. Yeah. It is really not. And if you life. get to keep playing it as an adult, you better be happy because you're doing. You're yeah. an entertainer. You're, you're but an war is for life. It's for war, real. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's real. And there's consequences to war. Absolutely correct. Yeah, absolutely. Correct. I've always wondered that because okay, so one of my coaches too at the university, he was um, a Vietnam vet, and he would make comments in the practice that I just didn't relate to. Like one time, he said uh, something I thought was rather inappropriate. So I don't want to say it word verbatim, but. It inferred that we're gonna go in this village and do something to the <laughs> women and children, and then leave. Right. And it was kind of, you know, trying to get us riled up before a game. Right. But I was, even though I'm, you know, older in one sense, I was the beginning and participating as an older student athlete with the generation that was kind of looking like, what you just say? Like, what does that have to do with us going to play? Like, why would you make a comment like that? Do you know that is beyond what? So, you know, sometimes I just think like. I've always wondered when I hear all the metaphors used, like, you know, how, why? And I do get one sense about going to battle and you, right. you're I, trying I, to I get people motivated. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but, but I don't think I, there's the potential for me to leave with PTSD from this game. Oh, for sure you know, there is. There, well, there is CTE. Yeah. But, no, but and, I'm just saying, PTSD. well, well me, me, I wasn't going to leave with PTSD it, it, from it, football. It, oh, it's very possible. I, I wasn't. Very possible. Because I had already experienced PTSD and trauma in my youth and childhood. And I so, understand So it, for me... So at the see, I wasn't a traditional age college student. So for me, I was coming out of incarceration and some other things. So, my, hey, look, nothing happening on that football field or Absolutely. even with the coaches was going to be traumatizing towards me because I always knew, even when the coaches was raising their voice, hey, if I really want, if it really bothers me, I can address you. So, which a lot of young people aren't going to feel that same sense of empowerment. So, you know, even getting back to the point, though, it just always made me wonder, like, is it cool that we use war as a metaphor for this? But me and you have been knowing each other for a few years. And uh, yes, sir. From your historical background that I know about you, it's to me, it's it's every bit as relevant as my military background. Mm. It's every bit as relevant. So when we start talking about war metaphors, your life experience yeah. <laughs> does ravel. I hear you. A military, I hear you. A military I hear you. experience. I it does you. ravel that. What I would say is this. I know what it so is. So you understand the metaphors yeah. in the same way. 
I know what it is to go to war. Absolutely. I just wasn't involved in a war sanctioned by the U.S. Absolutely government. Absolutely correct. But I've, I've been correct. to war. And, and they're, and they're, and they're yeah. equal. Yeah. They're equal in their opportunity. They're equal in their destruction. Yes, yes. And, and yes. We, we, we can talk about yeah. nation, national destruction or community yeah. destruction. They're equal in opportunity. They're equal in destruction. Uh, speaking to that and speaking about trauma, I think that's a good segue into... Um, what is what is the correct terminology you use to describe the philosophy, the what you were developing? How how would I describe it? If I wanted to convey it to someone, would I call it a philosophy? Would I call it a program? Would I call it um, the? Now, uh, that's that's a behavioral intervention. Okay, a behavioral intervention. Yes. And again, if I'm saying it correctly, it's goal orientation, motivation from ego to task. Correct. Can you explain it to people? Like what what so that they can understand the relevance. And the reason why I think it's important because you've done this work with some athletes. Yes. You've done it with students from the general student population, um, veterans, I believe, as well. Yes, sir. So, I mean, I just, is are you, is it acceptable to ask you to share it or is it one no, of those oh, top, yes, top secret things oh, no, where no, you no, got to, no, no okay, okay, okay. I'm just, sitting right in front of you. Okay, okay, talk to me then. <laughs> the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I call it goal orientation motivation, so right. that's, uh, let's kind of dissect that a little bit. Okay. Uh, goal is, is how you plan out something, right? right? Uh, motivation, I mean, orientation is how you process it, okay, right? right? Motivation is your willingness to do it. Okay. From ego, meaning, ego means self, is, is do you plan and do this thing out according to yourself, intrinsic, right. intrinsic value, or task. Task just means resources. Or can you, or does your, or do you plan out, do the things you need to do and motivated to do it from your access to resources. Okay. And from what I had learned from, learned about, is that people who have ego goal orientations have have a, 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 a hard, rigid track which can cause their demise more quickly than people who have what's called a task orientation. Just to explain that, meaning that you can be as successful as you want, but if all your success is about you, then all your failure is also about you. Mm. People who have a task orientation, all their success is not about them, it's about their resource and access to resources, but all their failure is not about them, it's about their 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 resources and access to resources. So they mm. matriculate through life. Well, you'll find guys with people with ego goal orientations, they'll have everything today and nothing tomorrow. They'll be on top because I'm great and wonderful, and right. then they'll be at the bottom here, and right. you'll be wondering right. how they got there. Right. Well, this is actually dealt off something called uh, neuroplasticity, which is the actual way your brain, brain works right. and formulates, and something called epigenetics, which is environmental genetics or how your environment shapes your behavior. And it's, and it's built off of the, the you know, things you would understand, the, the principles of self-efficacy mm-hmm. by Albert Bindura. And it's four stages of mastery, vicarious, persuasion, mental state. If I don't know if you want me to explain any of that. Well, what, what would, okay, so it would probably be difficult to get into too much detail about it with people, mm-hmm. but of what benefit would it be for someone to participate in your program? Like, how does it help them? So when you go do work with student athletes, mm-hmm. when you do work with veterans, what are you helping them to do? Like, what tools or benefits do they walk away with? Uh, the first thing is they have what's called, I have what's called a values identification. Mm. Well, people who don't understand where their values, what their values or can't identify their values, they 
usually lack the ability to gain self-control to connect to their will sometimes you call it the universe sometimes you talk about right. the spirit and this right well really it's about connecting to your values so so when you walk away take a course the first thing I do is help you identify what your values are. Okay. Those are the things that shape who you are. And okay. they, defend, they defend you from the things in the world yeah. that you think will, that, that, are, that, are, that are attacking you. So or, you, or it helps you. people identify their Correct. values. Yes. And, and I think that's so important yes. because if not, if you don't identify your values, then you might not even have clarity as to what, Absolutely. what premise you're operating on. Absolutely. And then if you don't, if you don't have the ability to self-identify, so to speak, as it relates to your values, then you could just be walking around living the values of the world that's imposed that upon you. That is exactly okay. what okay. is happening. Okay. That is, and you could have a lot of resources. You could have a lot of money. Yeah. You could yeah. be you yeah. could be a beautiful person. Yes. But if you don't have your values identified, guess whose values yeah. you're going to get? Yes, yes. The values of the system or the organization right. that you're around. That, and yeah. we say that, but we say it in different ways. Right. So that this structures... This, this this program structures out, identifies your values, and then takes you through a, a systematic yeah. stage development of something called mastery so you can master what it is you know or skill or whatever. Okay. Something called vicarious. Vicarious is where, where they get to where you are a professor. Vicarious means not just seeing something and being able to duplicate it, but okay. vicarious means you being able to understand what a professor is teaching okay. you. That's vicarious, not just you seeing it. Then it's persuasion. Persuasion is not you being persuaded. Persuasion is about Beck. It's about what's called the growth mindset, meaning that you have the ability. Like if you're talking to a dentist, one of your youth is saying, that kid's coachable. That kid's not coachable. That's persuasion, meaning that your mind is open enough to be able to receive resources right. and receive information that's a growth mindset or a closed mindset i'm so good i don't need you to tell me anything right. so but when you have persuasion yeah. that means that you're open and that yeah. means that the information you're giving them can hey, be received i just had to say i had a parent say that to me one day and you know what was so crazy about it at the moment this parent said it i believed it and i stopped talking okay. i was explaining something she was frustrated about something her son was going through as it related to uh, sports and then I chose to offer some feedback because the truth was um, he, you know, and, and of course it's anonymous. So therefore, I, I never want to say anything adverse to any person's psychological state, but he just was not good. He just, exactly. It was not athletic, not competent, didn't have an IQ for the sport, wasn't good. And then um, so but she kept trying to give the thought that he was good by saying the name of the organization he played for, which has one of those identities as if surely by the fact that he Absolutely. played for that, right? Absolutely. So I said, I started out saying, we well. called it a representation identity. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, so I had the audacity to say, well, this is a process, right? right? And then she said, my son played for so-and-so. Can't nobody tell me nothing. Exactly. And as soon as she said, can't nobody tell me nothing, I knew. That, oh, then that's me too. That's so correct. I'm done talking. That's correct. So I hear, when you really say that, I hear that. That's right. Yeah. That's wow. right. And it takes a development. And the last stage of that okay. is the mental state. Mental state is that other, is that, is that big old thing you see over there on the right hand side where we look at the internal and externalized anger, irrational thoughts, things that you tell yourself is not true, right. environmental right. PTS, you walk yeah. into some place that's just totally trips you out, freaks you out, yeah. and you just don't feel comfortable there. And of course, the traumas are the things that stick in your head that don't allow you to yeah. move past your present set of circumstances. Yeah. So they just stick you in places. So if you got it at 15, you stay in 15 psychologically. Right. So so you, you we have to get you through those stages. And then once we find, you find out what a goal, what an ego goal, or it's not a negative thing. It means that I've just rewarded myself for my talent. 
You know, I'm okay. the best. I'm the smartest. I'm the yeah. best athlete. I'm the best. I get the A. I did this. I do this. I do this. So I learned that it's about me. I'm the prettiest. I'm this. I'm that. Right. So I've learned to do that. Well, that has a connotation of what happens when the negative come to you. Guess what that's about, too? Yeah. yeah. You. So then you learn to deflect and you learn to, but your defense mechanisms kick in and, and it takes you off the path. Right. Once you gain what's called an ego goal orientation, I mean, a task goal orientation, you'll see that. Life is all equal. It's like some of the things I may know about you or me and our families right. and what we've done and what I've seen from you in my relationship of, of what we know of you. You have a, a tremendous task goal orientation. And what would I say about that? You know every resource, and every resource is equal. I don't believe that. I, see, I don't see you more in athletics than I do see you in education, than I see you the way you treat students in relationships, and I see as you treat peers in relationships your relationships are equal which gives you a genuineness which allows you thank you to move, thank you. maneuver through where some yeah. if it's not about them they are stuck in the environment and it's hard for them to move past it does that make sense that's deep that's deep my brother and and, and we see this progress and it doesn't matter what's your money or level of education right. it does, really doesn't matter what made you even come up with this? Like, where did this start? What prompted this whole thought process? Was it something you were reading or something your observations, your own life experience? Uh, as, a, as a therapist intern, I was interning. Okay, uh, okay. And I was reading a lot of records. And I, I said to myself, how do you have the same problem for 15 years? I just don't understand somebody coming to me with the same problem. Now, we can have, you can have a problem, yeah. but you can't have the same problem. But a lot of people do, though. That's correct. So my whole thing is, why do you? Because something ain't about to solve. So we needed, so then I said to myself, it can't be that we don't have enough educated professionals, but we do. It can't be that we don't have enough resources, because we do. It can't be that we don't have a willingness to help mm. people, because we do. Well, then what is it? Then what I, what I decided was the individuals are not ready to receive the information that they're about to get. So, therefore, the resource is wasted on them. And wow. we're, we're jumping on you, telling you you're not successful, but you're just not ready to receive the resource. It's like going to, re it's like going to the military without going to boot camp. Okay. We are not transitioning people well enough. They have them prepared to meet the things that they're yeah, trying to do. So, so that's why I created it. I gave it, it's a transitional program that allows you to see yourself, to yeah. see who you are, to see your skill level, to see your values, to understand. So when I meet uh, a Professor Robeson, you, I am a vessel that you can put something in. But gotcha. if I'm closed, right, it takes you longer to open the vessel right. than right. it does to impart. Yes. The knowledge. So you're sitting there all day trying to open a vessel. Think about the work that it yeah. takes for you. If everyone you meet, you got to open the vessel yeah. before you can put something in. And to be honest with you, like, I don't even know if this stage of my development and humility, I don't necessarily know that I can open a vessel. Oh, I'm, yeah, I've seen you well, do it. But I'm just going to share yeah. it from this perspective. The way I look at it is, yeah. is if, as, the way I look at it is people have to be receptive to hearing it. Because when somebody's, hey, when somebody ain't receptive, guess what I do? I stop talking. Every, Just like, for, for everybody? Um, oh, hey, watch for this. For everybody? Well, when I know 
there are certain people you know are putting up a front, yeah. but they really just want you to demonstrate the effort and investment in them. That's and correct. so for them, oh yeah, I'll do that. I'll let you know that you really matter to me. Yes. And I, now you know. Now that being said, there was uh, something you said, and I wanted to ask you about that. You said irrational fears. Is that what you said? Irrational thoughts. Irrational thoughts. Can you give me some examples? Irrational thought. Of what you mean when you say that? An irrational thought is 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 the manifestation of a of a trauma. Okay. And it gives and it makes you tell yourself something about you that's not true. I always give the example about me. You know, I, I'm a dis, I have dyslexia, and I was, you know, I was third grade, standing up in front of the the school. You stand up in front of the class, and teacher say you go up and read Dick and Jane or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I go up and try to read Dick and Jane, and I'm struggling with reading the Dick and Jane. And the class bursts out laughing. Okay. Well, that laughter gives me a trauma. Well, that trauma creates something called an irrational thought, something that you tell yourself about you that's not true. So the, in that point, I tell myself, I'm stupid, I'm ignorant, I can't learn. Wow. It's me telling it to me. So that follows me. For the rest of my life. So when anything is triggered in that, I go back to that time. So I could pick up a paper right now. If you if you corrected me or something, it would be very difficult yeah. for me not to bring about that feeling right. in me. And when you trigger that in me, the thought in my head yeah. is the irrational one. I'm still stupid. Okay. I'm still stupid. I'm still bad. So people can tell themselves they're ugly. Dang. They're fat. They're dumb. They're bad people. That's what I need. People they're to bad hear. people. They can't do this. You're telling your things. You're telling yourself something about you that's not true. Right. That's an irrational thought. And until you can get that, you you know, back in the day they used to call it stinking thinking. Okay. Remember that? Okay. And and it's like not believing that you can you can shoot. Right. Right. You know, somebody say you are terrible. You can't yeah. shoot. You're awful. And you then you the tell bar- yourself that. Yeah. That's correct. And you believe it. That's correct. And you and because you believe it, that's correct. You become that self-fulfilling prophecy that's of what correct. you believe. That's correct. Right? Because it's like that's it goes correct. back to whether you believe that's you can or you cannot, you are correct. correct. And what's so ironic is I hear that every day from students and people in my that's peer group. That's hey, I'm lazy. That's correct. And I'll look at someone and think, like, you're not lazy. Look that's how correct. hard you work at that. That's correct. You don't apply that same standard to this, that's but right. you're not lazy. That's right. Or I'll have somebody that's say, right. Hey, man, I'm I'm stupid. And I think, first of all, you're a genius. Yeah, that's correct. As it relates to this, that's correct. I see it. That's right. But now you just need to apply that same level of effort and energy to this. That's correct. So, wow. That's the, and that, if you have the internal desire to do it. Right. And you might have to get to your values. That, that may not be a value of yours. Oh, wow. It may not be a value of yours. Wow. It might be somebody else's value. But you don't know it. Yeah. So you're judging yourself by a standard. Hey, I'm in a little meeting right now. You, you might be applying yourself to a standard that doesn't apply to you. So let's say, you, you remember what we talked about before. If you don't know your values, you may be living somebody else's values. Yes, yes, so if I'm judging yes. you by a standard of my yes, values that's yes. really not yours, are you going to be successful at them? No. No, and you're going to think you're a failure, but you yeah. really don't have your own identified values. So you might be a genius yes. sitting around being treated like a moron or an idiot yeah. because you don't have your values identified. Yeah. So now I'm sitting up here judging you by these false values and you judging yourself against right. somebody who doing their values. Hey, <laughs> what you're saying is so deep, especially as, um, you know, we consider... The podcast we do is, you know, we get to any peripheral topic, but we're talking about youth athletics in part. And one of the things I've always asked people to do, and I've used a different word, but if I can, I think I I like your use of values because I always tell parents that, you know, there needs to be open communication, dialogue and discussion with um, young people about about um, 
what is their purpose in doing what they're doing? And one of the reasons it needs to be some discussion on purpose is because you got to make sure your child is invested in this. Is this what they want to do? And then the same thing for a youth. They need to be honest with themselves about why are you doing this? What do you want out of this? And so now I'm thinking I should also be using the word values because you might have a parent who has a certain expectation of their child related to this sport and this athletic outcome. But that is not aligned with the values of the youth. And so now the youth is walking around feeling like I'm less than, I'm less capable when you're not. It's just that participation in the sport don't align itself with your values. That's correct. And participation at this level doesn't align itself with your values. And you, as someone who I've known you and I've seen you in your coaching capacity, that's probably your your biggest challenge. And, And unconsciously, I would think that you can see that because you have so much experience playing sports, you see that often. But the question is addressing it. Addressing it because that's taking on a a structural a structural system that's in place right. that doesn't that don't allow you to say that. To yeah. say, this doesn't align with your values, young right. man or young lady. Right. Let's let's get them, let's assess them. Yeah. Because somebody, a parent, a caregiver, yes. might be looking at them. They're great. They're capable of doing it. This is yeah. what's for them. And you're thinking, well, that's not what they... But you don't have it. You, yeah. you can't tell them yeah. that. So now you're seeing the same situation. And then it manifests themselves in different ways because of the ego orientation right. down the line in behavior, addictions, all kind of manifested behaviors right. because right. of the same thing of the false. Be, being a knowledge. parent of a student-athlete... How does that affect your intera- interaction with your son? Do you actually, do you have that dialogue? Do you talk with him? Because I know he's committed. I know he, um, he's done some things that, from my perspective, mm. um, demonstrate a high level of commitment. Did you actually go initiate that dialogue with him? As, as to, is this what you want to do? Is this, you know, how did, how did you do that? Or is it one of those things where we can know something mm-hmm. in, in one aspect of our identity, but it becomes more difficult to implement it as it relates to being a parent ourselves? I got no power. Okay, okay. okay. I, I am only his dad. Gotcha. I am only his dad. Gotcha. His dad. I, I, uh, I, I separate all professional ability yes. when yeah. it comes to my spouse yes. or my son. Which is, is wise. All professional is wise. ability. Yes. I am only yeah. his dad. I do. Yeah. I am not here. All the things I'm telling yeah. you, he may know it. He learned them. He learned yeah. some of them. But what he really learned is what's going on with me and him and his mom in that house. And yeah. that's that. And I don't, I cannot take what's in the house and bring it outside the house like it don't exist. Right. Our relationship is in the house. And I cannot really dialogue with him on a level that we're talking to yeah. because I see him as my, as, as my son. And I am not. And I will be very, very clear. And yeah. I'm, I am not realistic about who I am. Okay, okay. I am as capable yeah. as being that parent that okay. you're talking about as yeah. anyone else. And you'd have to tell me those things, how unrealistic I am, and yeah. and, the, and the mistakes that I make, and yes. and I'll and I'll have the yeah. knowledge of 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 Socrates, and okay. I'll still do the same, same thing. exact thing because I cannot see myself, and I can't do it for myself. I can't treat hey, parents need to hear that. Though. I can't treat myself. Hey, parents need to hear that because everyone wants to walk around and act like, no, I'm totally objective as oh, it relates no. to my child. Oh, hey, no, so as someone, as someone who's coached, no, I'm not. as someone who's coached and coached his own son 
and also have my observations of interacting with parents whose children I'm coaching, I know the same thing. Like, my brother, like, you can know something and then still implementing it with your child becomes difficult. So I appreciate that just transparent, open, honest truth, man. Hey, because some people, especially once they move to where you're at in terms of development, in terms of education, in terms of understanding, in terms of insight, the one thing they lose is their ability to be genuine, honest, be like, yeah, I know all that. I'm just struggling. <laughs> I just can't do it. I just can't do it. So I appreciate that, my brother, because that's that's a reality, and parents yeah. need to hear that. Yeah, and, and, and that. you need to give them enough space yeah. to grow into being themselves. I really appreciate yourself because you've helped me with my son being here a lot and some of his academic struggles, and I'm, I have no shame. Okay. Now, some of okay. his struggles, which I think is a good thing. I believe the struggles in life Struggle are not adversity. bad for you. Right, right. I believe they are good yes. for you. It helps develop identity. Yes. And once you get to that identity and find out who you are, yeah. you can go. But if I give you a false identity, meaning that you're struggling and I'm carrying you. Right, right. And I'm carrying you instead of allowing you to struggle. Well, in that struggle, we call it the butterfly effect. And, mm. and just not to digress too much, the butterfly effect is where you, you'll... you'll meet a, a caterpillar and the caterpillar goes in the cocoon so you don't want the caterpillar to struggle so you open the cocoon well the caterpillar dies oh so the bottom I'm line stealing is, that from you so the bottom line is within that cocoon it is the yeah. struggle of the caterpillar within the cocoon yeah that allows them to become yeah. the butterfly so yes. if if they don't struggle in that cocoon yes. alone by themselves yes. against the the walls of the cocoon. They break out of the yeah. cocoon and they break out of the cocoon as the beautiful butterfly. Right. But with but we never see the struggle in the cocoon. We see the yeah. butterfly. But the yeah. struggle was real. And the struggle was just as important as being the butterfly. Hey, and we could use um similar to that any creature that is, you know, has to break out of a shell yes to be right you you open that shell or crack that shell form they might not be fully developed absolutely there was a purpose in that and they needed to develop the strength on their own to break out of shell. but i hear what you're saying too because most of us this is the irony because i'm also guilty of it i'm guilty of it is i've so many of us as parents there's two things we desire for our kids for them oftentimes, I won't say everyone, but for them not to have to go through the adversities and struggles we went through. That's correct. And for them to have access to the things we didn't. That's correct. And and by doing those two things, a lot of times we severely impair our children because we remove struggle from their life well, and, well, and well, give well, them access to things well, they haven't earned. Well, I, 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 I'm not going to... I, I, I'll agree a little bit. Okay, okay, that. break it be, down. Be, because... We live in a, we. It goes back to our initial conversation. We live in a different time. Right, right, right. It's what's difficult for some people, and and I will say it myself. Maybe not as much you, but for me, you got to understand that at this stage in life in the United States of America, we're changing class, and your children don't see the class you were. Mm. They don't know the class you were when you were 15, 16, 18, 19, 20. So you mean 20. some of us are experiencing upward social mobility? Correct. Okay. And, and that, that, echo, that, that echo socioeconomic change yeah. comes from a perspective of your child is they're there. Yeah, yeah. They're not here coming there right. like you 
transition. They're already there, and they right. see themselves as there, and they don't know how to be below it. Right. So they have to access the world at the where they are. Right. Someone told me, and I think it was my son and some of his friends, said, we're from the valley, and we're both. And I had to think about that. I'm like, yeah. oh, I guess yeah. you are. Yeah. And you access these resources, and you live right. like this, right. and you think like this. Right. And I guess you do. And yeah. others see them in a different way where I may want to yeah. see that struggle may be something totally different down the line than what I'm thinking. Just because their struggle were, was not mirrored by my struggle as in coming up through socioeconomic challenges, restrictions, not having money in my pocket, nice cars to right. drive. Just because you got money and cars don't mean that your next level struggle won't be something cultural changing. Right. Because they're, they're, they're challenging culture. They're challenging class. They're challenging gender. They're challenging, they're challenging things that yeah. I didn't even imagine to challenge. I was challenging survival. Yeah, yeah. And I thought I was the man because of, really? Yeah. Really? Because you're going to survive or you're going to die. But it took a lot to challenge culture. Because that's change. And they're, they're agents of change. Now, how they manifest that, I don't have the tool to tell them. You, you're younger than I am, so you may have, you may have, you may have an ability to right. connect on them with a level I don't. Gotcha. As far as in seeing levels of culture within generations, you have a definite, even a gotcha. different level of connection. Wow, deep, man. Yeah, deep. So, the, so I, I don't, I, I never take young people and say, oh, well, uh, you need to, I don't know that world you're about to see. Yeah. yeah. And those resources that we've given them, those cars, those homes they live in, the schools they've gone through, the, 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 the environment that they create, that ain't my world. Right, that's, right. Your world. that's your world, and, and I'm gonna I, and I'm gonna protect you in that right. world because I don't know who you're supposed to be. They have to traverse that world. That's correct. So, so that being said, as you know, moving towards the conclusion of our moment here, what what is I always ask our guests this: if there's some, if you have one opportunity to share something. Um, meaningful with people, whether it's parents, whether it's a student athletes, whether it's people in general, based on your experiences, your understanding of life, your 27 years in the military, your your time as a very, very successful private business owner, your time pursuing education, if there's just something meaningful that you like, hey, look, if this is what I would want people to know, what would you share with people? The number one thing I would share with anyone if I ever that I would have the opportunity or the, or the privilege to talk to would be to take the opportunity to be who you are and live your life. Wow. Be present. Yes. Don't be yesterday. Don't worry about tomorrow. Be who you are. Accept Acknowledge who you are, accept it, and be who you are and be amazing. Be amazing. Be amazing at you. Yeah. You ain't gotta yes. be nobody else. Just be if they any if people only knew yeah. how amazing they are as people. Not what somebody tells you you yeah. are. Yeah. Not what somebody think you are. That yeah. was how amazing you are you as are. a human being. Yeah. Take the time. Right. 
hey, be amazing. Can I, uh, first of all, that's just that, that causes a reaction in me to hear that they kept trying to be amazing, right? Be who you are. I, I just wanted to share this now because it came up because of what you just said. The other day I was thinking, sometimes the world is big, it's overwhelming, and we feel certain things are difficult, if not impossible. I started thinking, like, all of us in this room and any human in existence is technically, if you really think about it, a statistical improbability, if not an impossibility. So if you just date back to your grandparents' parents, and I thought about my specific situation and that of my son, but if everyone as an individual does that and realizes, like, especially since so many families have immigrated to this country, or if not their parents migrated from different regions of the country to meet each other. If everyone goes back to their grandparents' parents and figure, what did those two individuals have to go through and what did was their life's journeys to meet to have this individual who ended up meeting this individual and then they had this individual? If you really looked at every single incident that had to take place for, for us to be born, Every single human is technically a statistical improbability, if not impossibility, to the point where that right there dictates and should give you license to be great with your life. That's correct. Because you are great simply on virtue of your existence. That is absolutely correct. You got me? That is absolutely correct. So when you say be who you are and take your time to be great, that really resonates with me, my brother, because when you really think about it, you don't have to do anything with That's your life right. to validate your greatness. That's correct. The fact that you were found into existence in and of itself dictates your greatness. Now, what do you want to do with your greatness? Correct. So that when you get to that stage of integrity versus despair in Eric Erickson's eight stages of psychosocial development, you can feel a sense of integrity to what you did with the greatness that absolutely. you were and that you are. Absolutely. You're know? you absolutely correct. And I, hey, look, and I appreciate your presence, my king. Yeah, hey, amazing. that being said, that's a wrap, people. You just witnessed two kings talking. Thank you for tuning in to King Talk. Till next time.